Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to talk about horses foundation and basics and um, why they're important and how they apply to your competition, to your performance in barrel racing. I've always believed that good horses are made by some time put in them and great horses are made by lots of time put in them. Of course, there's always those exceptions to the rule, a horse that just comes on out of nowhere and they're just an exceptionally great horse. But most of the time, you have to work really hard to make a horse everything that they can be. And you have to work really hard to become everything you can be. Um, I really believe it's important not to show any horse the barrel pattern until you have a solid foundation and you can do your basics correctly. If you cannot, um, I'll be discussing how you can accomplish those. And this is actually right out of chapter three in my uh, training notebook of, uh, for TLC barrels. Um, ground manners is probably not the first thing you think of when you think of a barrel horse, but everything I believe starts from the ground up. So sometimes if you have issues in the saddle, you can usually find holes in the horse's foundation on the ground as well. I think it's important that a horse on the ground moves lightly off energy or very light cues forward, backwards, left and right, that you can yield all five body parts by giving to pressure or moving away from pressure from the ground, as well as what you're going to do in the saddle. It should The, the horse should be calm about all of your training and riding equipment too, so it's an excellent time to work on desensitizing them. So um, on the ground, that's a great time to make sure you can face flex a horse left, right, and down. Um, so you're, you've got a nice calming cue on the ground, their face laterally. You can tuck their head down to put on their bridle or um, to need to do any you know thing with their face. They'll understand how to put their head down. Um, and that will apply to breaking in the pole when you get in the saddle. Um, you should be able to move their shoulder, their, their ribs, their hindquarters, and they should, like I said, go left, right, and stop and face you on a voice cue and body language as well. In the saddle, you're gonna apply those same things for those five body parts. You're gonna want them, number one, to face flex, left, right, and down. It should start at a standstill and move up to a walk, trot, and a lope. Leg laterals are really important. Now I did say I would say why it's important. Face flexing is so important because if I'm in the alleyway and I need to get a little bit of control on my horse, I wanna put um, them between my hands for balance. I don't want them to take it from me and run off with me. I want them to give to my pressure and wait for me to say it's okay. Also, it's important for rate when you want them to slow before a barrel that they understand when you sit and make a little contact on the rein, they're supposed to come back to you, not push through you. Um, it's also important for collection and lifting their top line and using their hindquarters better. Uh, lateral face flexing is important. I want my horse to know that they can give their face or possibly head and neck without moving their feet. So if I'm running to a barrel and I need to shape them or bump them, they'll know that they're just to give me the little bit of nose and shoulder and not move their feet or possibly just soften the rib cage. So all of those things um, are really important. And that's when leg laterals come in. I'll often use an inside leg to let my horse to not know not to turn yet 
or to soften the ribcage in the turn. I'll often use an outside leg to square the shoulders up leaving, or possibly I'll use an outside leg in the back cinch to push a hip in going across the pin or as I approach a barrel. Or I could use scissor legs at any point in time in my circle work or um, for lead departures or any kind of um, leg lateral movements that require a little bit more precision of shoulder out and hip in. So there's a lot of reasons I want my horse to understand how to uh, move away from leg pressure when I want a big movement or just a little bit of softening. And again, it can be taught at a walk, trot, and a lope. Um, you can first teach it at a standstill. So that's really important to me. As I mentioned, um, you want control of face, neck, shoulder, ribs, and hip. So all of those things are gonna be important. You want them to be able to woe off body language and voice. Um, I think it's really important that a horse doesn't need the reins to stop. But I also like a horse to know how to do a one rein stop or a two rein stop and back as well. Um, I think contact riding and loose rein riding are both very important and both serve their purpose. Sometimes we wanna work on collection riding into the bridle and they should understand that. Sometimes we wanna be on a loose rein and trust them to stay at the speed that we put them where we put them until we tell them to do something else. So if you're loping a loose rein circle or jogging along the rail and you don't want to go any faster and you're just keeping everything in a neutral position. All of those things are super important to their foundation. That's going to apply when you're running between the barrels. When you back off, they'll know to rate. When you sit up, they'll know to hustle out. When you just sit neutral, they'll know to stay at that speed or keep their body collected and in proper form for a perfect circle around a barrel. All of these things apply. Um, another important thing is backing light off your body. Your hands act more like a wall and your voice and leg are your impulsion. And it's nice to back a straight line and also in a circle. All of these things get a horse really using their hindquarters, lifting up that top line and developing um, using their hocks and, and things that's gonna be important for on the barrel pattern. A horse that's collected and really underneath herself and strong in the hind end. Transitions are a huge thing for me. I'll do transitions out in a pasture on the rail of the arena. I like them to use uh, work from my energy for a fast walk or a slow walk, a post trot or a sit jog, an extended canter or a collected lope. And again, I want that to be in straight lines and in circles at every speed because that's gonna play onto my barrel pattern. When I, they feel me sit up, they're gonna drive. When they feel me sit down, they're gonna rate. When they feel me turn my hips and my shoulders, they're gonna turn the barrel. So once again, all of these things away from the pattern are setting them up for success so I don't have to be in their face and I can ride 80% body with my eyes, shoulders, hips, and seat and 18% with my legs, calves, and feet and only 2% with my hands. And you need to think about that in all the work that you do when you're stopping, backing, rollback, side passing, all of those things, counter arcing, are you riding the 80, 18% and 2% rule? Are you mostly riding with body and then backing it up with some leg and some light hand and always with give and take pressure and always asking and releasing and not pulling? And those are all super important things. So, um, like I said, I wanna have control of the five body parts. 
from a cube. I also want them to know leads from a straight line and a circle. I think that's very important, how to set them up for a lead departure and get it off of a cube. Um, a little bit more advanced stuff, I mentioned counter arcing, rollback, side passing. Those are all really important. The ability to go off on a loose rein at a walk, trot, and a lope are important too. Some simple lead changes would be nice. You don't have to do flying lead changes, but you could do figure eights where you're doing simple lead transitions. And then if the horse is more laid back and you can do flying lead, that's great. And again, it just depends if you have a hotter horse or a more laid back horse. And of course, you always wanna end on a quiet note no matter what you do. But first and foremost, when teaching horses all of the basics that I've mentioned, you want to know each individual and um, they should be respected as for what they are. You know, not just like people, some horses are more hot and some are more laid back and some are more sensitive, some learn quicker or slower and you truly should um, take that into consideration and start with uh, answers that they can answer yes Start with very light pressure if you can ask with an ounce versus a pound. You know, just really kind of understand that some are going to be stiff and some might overbend, and that's going to depend on um, your cues then accordingly. If you have a horse that tends to overflex, or maybe they rubber neck and swing their hindquarters, versus a horse that's more stiff like a board, um, you're going to change your cues for that. So, your training principles and your theories shouldn't change but your timing and technique can definitely change for each horse and each um, dry work or drill that you ask from them. Um, that's why I think it's really important you understand my rider's basics, which I talked about in my, my group live Q&A last week. But rider's basics are super important and maybe the most important thing that you need to be good at in order to be a good trainer and to have timing and feel. Um, so that's really important. But today we're talking about the horse's basics. Um, my principles are simple. I really want to bond with my horses. They're not a commodity to me. I love them. Um, and my relationship with them is based on love, trust, and respect. Um, my theories are to use horsemanship ideas of training as opposed to intimidation or pain or fear or starvation. I like communication of cues. I like to set a horse up um, with a bond and a relationship and communication from the beginning. I like to meet them where they're at and set them up for yes answers, kind of like a kid in school and developing them from first grade to second grade and not putting them in college, uh, you know, before they're ready. Those things are important to me. So again, using give and take pressure is really important to me. Um, I like to be an active leader, not a reactive rider. So I like to uh, have a game plan and I try to focus on where we're at and um, I'll ask for something and as soon as I get a right answer, release and rest and reward and pet and, and make a big fuss when they get it right. You know, let them know, great job. So I try um, to make a soft and light and responsive horse and all of those things by having a horse that has body collection and suppleness is all going to apply to my pattern so um, when they go fast they'll have light responsive cues that I can apply and will be very much um, in sync together. It's no different than if we were to travel to another country where we didn't know the language um, 
like Japan or something, how uncomfortable we might feel. It's kind of the same for a horse. I think it's important that we learn to communicate in a way that they understand through their body language, how that they learn. Um, I often tell my students to think about their favorite teacher in school. Was it a teacher that yelled at you and pushed you really hard all the time? Or was your favorite teacher the one that was teaching you in small amounts in ways that you understood and rewarding you and telling you great job and giving you free time and supporting you as you advanced? I've never had a student pick the teacher that yells and pushes too hard. I really think that it's important to understand the horse before you teach them. I do think a horse learns from repetition, consistency, and the release of pressure is when they actually learn the lesson. So um, a horse can learn wrong as quickly as they can learn right, and that's why perfect practice is key to your success. A horse is a herd animal, and there's always going to be that alpha horse in the herd. So in your herd of two, you need to be the alpha. You also need to understand they're a flight or fight animal, and that's why you need to set them up for success by desensitizing them on the ground and in the saddle and give them calming cues to understand a spook in place and to trust you when you tell them it's gonna be okay. And finally, a horse really is lazy for the most part. If you watch them in their pasture, there might be a couple minutes they run and play a day you know, maybe your younger horse is more, but the average horse, they'll eat and they'll drink and they'll graze and they'll lay in the sun and sit under a shade tree, but they're, they're really um, not looking to have to work really hard all the time. So I think you have to take that in consideration when you're training too. You know, rather than pushing a horse eight hours a day, you know, every week, you know, you could do a half hour, five days a week and really make some really nice progress with a horse because you're keeping it at a, a level that they're interested, but not um, bored or burnt out or sore, you know, and, and I think those are all important things to consider as well. You know, it's just like with you, if you're too tired, to, you can't think, you can't work. If you're scared or nervous, you can't function. So um, I think it's important to have a positive, um, a positive relationship from the moment you call them do they come to you with your with your halter to to be with you or do they run away all of those things are things you pay attention to uh, are they licking and chewing are they keeping their head low are they exhaling are they holding their breath do they cock an ear and pay attention to you are they nervous are they throwing their head or chewing on the bit know what are positive signs and what are negative signs these are all super important to the success of you and your horse um, and the relationship that you're building with your horse you have to kind of think of it like that kid in school you don't want to skip elementary school and go right to high school you can't put a horse on the pattern that's not even broke that they don't have any buttons or they're not understanding what you are asking from them it just leads to a bad behavior and and mistakes and a horse that's not going to like their job and both of you will end up very frustrated. So I truly do feel a week or two on the ground or even one day a week, maybe that'll be your Monday routine, is a great time to work on groundwork with your horse. And you can do that free lunging in a round pen or on a lunge line, whatever your situation allows for. Does your horse respect you? Do they keep two eyes on you and their hip hindquarter away from you? Do they go off at the speed that you ask for as long as you ask? Are they relaxed about it? 
all of those things um, are really important. So I think um, it's, it's a good place to start is on that ground and, and do some work there. Like I said, you can desensitize with things that you might come across at rodeos, like whips and slickers and, and uh, ropes, especially if you're going to be around the ropers and things like that. So those are all important things. Banners, um, maybe even playing music in the barn, getting them used to that kind of environment. Um, so spend the time on the ground. But then in the saddle, again, make sure you've got that face flexing, control of the hindquarters, the shoulder, the ribs. Work on all of those things, as I mentioned earlier, um, because all of those things are going to give you just more precision, more precise ability at speed to put your horse where you want your horse, when you want your horse there. And once the foundation is super solid in your dry work, you know, everything from maybe just moving the front end or the hind end, loose rein woes, um, backing, all of those things, sacking out in the saddle. You can then apply some of the drills that I do, like my, um, you know, D pattern or all lefts or all rights or single barrel or figure eights, um, poles, you know, the barrel pattern itself. Um, and once you apply all of those, you're going to have a lot more control because you've already done the nose in, the nose out, the transitions from extended to collected gates. Um, and now that you're working on drills, this is the time to see how balanced your horse is, how your rhythm and cadence is as a team. Are you able to do extended and collected work, perfect circles at a walk, trot, and lope, all different sizes on the correct lead and without little help from you, but just riding mostly with your eyes and your body and feeling that horse be more responsible for themselves. Are they able to keep their rhythm when you go from a big circle to loping maybe a 10 foot or five foot circle around the barrel? Um, are they able to stay in four wheel drive and balance front end to back end with good form and bend in the rib cage? So I think it's an important time to really pay attention to those things as a balanced rider, as a balanced horse at this point. And then you'll know that you're ready to start the barrel pattern because once you can lope a drill one-handed, let's say you're doing the D pattern and you can lope the D pattern one-handed, large and small, getting your horse to finish the turn with your hips and then move out by just squaring up your body and maybe a little bit of leg and go back out into a straight line into the big D, then you'll know that they're prepared and ready to start loping the barrels. So during this time frame, you could be walking and trotting the pattern and that's a really good time to say, you know, okay, I'm, I'm working on straight lines and perfect circles and good form. You know, I'm riding their hip to each spot around the barrel. I've got that shoulder up, the ribs out. They're letting me guide their nose. I'm using give and take pressure. They're hitting all their spots, the entrance, the backside, the exit. We're setting up our transitions, easy in, hurry out. And now we're gonna start loping to the barrels. Maybe we'll lope to it, trot around, or maybe lope around first, break to a trot, switch our lead and lope second and third, and just do transitions loping. And then start loping the barrels and see how they handle it. See how they change their leads. Um, see how they keep their rhythm. Are they raiding going in and snapping and, and hurrying out a little bit more? Are they staying in four wheel drive? Don't let them stall out. Don't let them break to a trot. Don't let them 
um, drop a shoulder or not use their hip. All these things are important that you practice perfect at this time so that when you do start adding speed, they know what's acceptable and what's not. If you're already cutting off your pocket going in or stepping off wide on the exits slow, it's just going to magnify when you go fast. So that's why it's so important that you pattern correctly and if you don't know how you need to work with a coach that can teach you how to pattern your horse correctly for good form and you using your body well because you want to establish slowly at a slow lope a perfect pattern so that when you have a high lope it's they're still keeping good form so that there's a lot of difference of education and speed from a lope to a run and that's why the mechanics the foundation has to be in place So that when you add speed, they'll have confidence because the consistency is there, the foundation is there, and then through the repetition and the adding of speed, they'll just naturally gain that confidence and the speed will come easily. But if you're missing anything in that foundation, it will crumble on you as you add speed. You'll start going by barrels, hitting barrels, blowing off wide, not being consistent and most of the time when that happens you've skipped a step so whenever you have a problem the best thing you can do is slow down one speed and go back to where you were pretty and precise maybe do some tuning up during the week and work on your foundation i won't tell you that you'll be going back to basics i will tell you i should say you'll be going back to basics your entire career because Every time you run your barrel horse, it's a high adrenaline forward event. You have to go back and do some quiet trail rides. You have to go back and do some slow, you know, reining type riding or dressage type riding and get those horses thinking collected and calm and quiet and precise again. So it is really important that you go back to basics and your foundation, not to bore them or, or, a lot you know I'm taking 30 minutes three days a week and you can mix it up you don't have to do it in an arena you can do it in a pasture but you have to do it you know and if you do practice the barrels at a walk or a trot can be sufficient with your open horses or your novice horses now your colts that are learning you do have to lope the pattern more because they're still putting things together but when you're tuning on a finished horse or a competition horse you can tune them slow and say look hip in here shoulder out there i need a little bit more here i need you to finish better here and just show them slow and they'll understand but again it's not about the pattern it's about the the position the the rider cues the horse's position the the position going in and around Um, the lightness to the aids, the communication of the two of you, that they know their job, you know your job, and that timing and that feel between you. So anyways, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and um, it's given you things to think about. And um, I think on the next podcast, I'll talk a little bit more about how I train on the pattern and and when and how I add speed. So anyhow, um, thank you for tuning in and as always ride with heart